Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's episode, I am joined by freshman from the UConn women's hockey team, Brooke Campbell. Brooke won her team's Rookie of the Year award by having eight goals and five assists in 35 games. Brooke, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, and how's everything going? Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be on. Um, everything's going well. It's been a great day. It's very, very beautiful outside here, so it's happy to be summer, have a little break. So, yeah, it's been really nice. Yeah, the weather's been finally good this week. I feel like in <laughs> April it was really tough, some tough, cold, rainy days, at least here in New England. Yeah, we've avoided some rain too, which is really nice. So it's nice to have a little break and see some sun. Well, I said that you're a freshman. Are you technically a sophomore now since the years have finally ended? Technically, yes. I've finished all my classes and hockey's done, so I would consider myself a sophomore, but it's a little bit scary to hear because freshman year went by so fast. But yeah, I guess technically I would be a sophomore. Now, how is what how's your offseason been like so far? And do you have any plans this summer to do anything fun, whether it's hockey related or not? Yeah, well, offseason's been great. When we were on campus, obviously we did some spring training with our team and uh, with the new rink, we had some ice as well, which was really cool. And just some fun activities, team bonding, which you don't get to do as much in season since you're always so busy. So it was really nice to have that. And then coming home, honestly, I just spent as much time as I could with my family, visited my grandparents and like some nice stuff like that, visited friends. But for the rest of summer, mostly just working, training some more, going back to school to train a little bit. And that's that. Then getting ready for next season. That's awesome. I saw the scavenger hunt that your team did with the men's team. That looked like it was a lot of fun. I think yes. your team won, if I'm not. Our mistaken. team did win. Yeah, it was awesome. It was it was pretty hard, but it was honestly a lot of fun. It was very hot out that day, though. Yeah, so. no, it looked like it was a lot of fun. My favorite part of the video was when you had to take a picture with that random person or they had to take a picture of you. That was a lot of that. I found that pretty funny. Oh, yeah. There was so many people. We just went up to them. Hey, can we get a picture with you? And they're like, OK, <laughs> like, why are you dressed like crazy and look like you're like sweating? But I'm just going to say yes, So. It yeah. was hilarious. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, your team's looking pretty good for next year. You guys are only losing like, I think, five or six players due to graduation. And you're bringing in a pretty strong freshman class. Um, just talk about what you and the team want to work on for next year. And what are some of your, what are you, I guess, trying to work on the most this offseason heading into your sophomore year? Yeah, you know what? Looking at next year and seeing everybody that we have, not only coming back, but everybody that's obviously still staying and just like moving up a year and everyone we have coming in. It's looking like we're going to have like a really strong core from what we built last year. We just plan on, you know, carrying that over into next year and just keep going up. And our coaches and us, we've obviously had conversations and we do think that we're going to be a strong team. So obviously we're going to be pushing to do the best that we can because we think we're going to have a lot of capabilities to do really well in our league. And personally, this offseason, I'm just going to try and work just to keep getting stronger. The, the league is so everyone's so strong because, you know, girls are so much older than you. So really just working on strength and just, you know, bettering myself as much as I can, shooting pucks, doing skills training, and just doing everything I can so that I can come back even better than I was. The league seems wide open this year because Northeastern's losing three of their top players, say, mm -hmm. along with Boston College. So do you think, how does you think UConn fits into all of that? You know what, for our team specifically, we like to kind of just focus on what we can do. So first, we're kind of just looking at our own team and we're just evaluating how we think we can do and and not really trying to focus on the outside sources, just making sure that whenever we go out to play, that we're playing our best hockey, that we're playing the game that we know how to play, because we know that when we're playing our best hockey, no matter who's on the ice against us, we can definitely beat them. So I really think that that's going to be our main focus. But yeah, with the teams losing that, I think that maybe that'll be a bit of help. But either way, no matter who's on the ice, we're going to play the same. 
Yeah, I remember Chris, uh, Coach McKenzie telling me he thought the big thing your team needed to work on was holding leads at the end of the games. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also thought you guys would need to score more more goals consistently. I'm wondering if you get your thoughts on that, if you thought that was sort of an accurate assessment of your team last year and some of the things you had to work on. Yeah, for sure. I do agree with that. I think that our team, obviously, with the people that they lost last year, those were they're absolutely amazing players. Like, nobody can say that. They weren't because they were phenomenal, huge goal scorers in Natalie Snodgrass and the Wabics. So obviously losing them hit a little bit hard. So when we were coming in, everybody just had the mindset of, okay, let's just like play the best that we can and like see what happens. Like everyone's just going to go out there and do their best. So when it did come to goal scoring, I think we did miss them a little bit. But I think as the year went on, it did start to get better because everybody started to settle in a little bit more. So when it comes to holding leads, honestly, that was more just a mental thing, I think. For us, you know, being up and you're like, oh, my God, you're at the end of the game. You just got to keep going. So just giving that extra push at the end of the game. But honestly, leading into next year, I think we're going to be a lot more mentally tough. And I think we're going to be able to do that very well. So I know that's something that we're going to bear down and focus on. So I'm not too worried. So let's talk about the beginning of your hockey career and sort of work all the way up to where you are today. So from the research I've done yourself, it says that you're from Essex, Ontario. So talk about growing up there and how did you start playing hockey? Yeah, um, obviously being in Essex, I'm not sure many people don't know where it is, but it's right near Windsor. So Essex is just like a small little town in the area. And growing up, uh, my parents, obviously my dad played hockey and my brother played hockey and my mom had a lot of knack for the game due to my grandpa. So uh, my parents just put me into skating. And initially, you know, how I started was my parents got me figure skates so I could just learn how to can skate. But I would always yell at them. I was like, I don't want these skates. Like, I want cool skates. I want hockey skates. So like (laughs) three-year-old me yelling at my parents that I want hockey skates. And my dad knew ever since that moment, like I wasn't going to be found in ballet classes. I was going to be on the ice playing hockey. So it kind of started off there when uh, I just loved skating and I just wanted to keep going and play hockey because I had so much energy. So that's kind of how I started there. And once I got into hockey, there was no stopping me. I was just going to keep going because I loved it so much. So growing up in a small town, you have so much support in the community, which is so big for us. So growing up you just know everybody and you get to know people and it's just amazing because everyone supports you throughout your whole journey who was your favorite player growing up if I had to guess it was probably someone on the Toronto Maple Leafs but you could have been a fan of another Canadian team if I'm being honest yes it was definitely the Toronto Maple Leafs um growing up I really liked Phil Kessel we I got to meet him when I was younger um when I went to visit uh, the Air Canada Centre at the time, which was, I thought it was the coolest thing ever. But I also really looked up to Megan Augusta uh, from the women's team, the women's national team, because she actually uh, grew up in Leamington, which is only about 20 minutes from my area. So I also got to meet her and like got to know her. So it was always like, oh my God, I want to be like Megan Augusta. I want to go play hockey in university and be on Team Canada. So I definitely looked up to them too. Yeah, I remember looking up like the career points leaders in NCAA ho- women's hockey history. And I think Megan Augusta is like top five. I think she had over like 300 career points, which is just insane to think about because I don't yeah, think that's ever going to happen again. Yeah, she's absolutely a phenomenal player and a phenomenal person. I actually got to help her in her camp um, when I was a little a few years ago. She has uh, high performance camps that she runs in the area when she comes home. So she just reached out and asked if I could like help instruct on the ice. So I got to know her a little bit more personally. And she's just a phenomenal person. And obviously an amazing hockey player so it's just it was really exciting watching her when I was growing up what's Phil Kessel like I've heard so many stories about him on the Leafs <laughs> so I just want to know if he sort of lived up to the name yeah I don't know why I ended up liking Phil Kessel it was kind of like a random one but I always thought like oh my god his shot is so good like I want to have a shot like that so I think that's kind of where it started but I don't know I was pretty young when I met him I think I was probably only about 12 years old so when I met him he like lifted me off the stands and put me on the ground <laughs> and signed my jersey and I was like oh my God, this is the coolest thing ever. But 
I just remember him being super, super nice. And he was probably like, oh my God, I got a huge fan here. Like, this is pretty cool. So who yeah. knows what he was thinking, but he was just so kind to me and my family and, you know, awesome. took the time to take pictures and sign autographs, which was really cool for me. Yeah, that's awesome. It's kind of cool to think that he's the uh, the Iron Man leader in the NHL because, like, you wouldn't expect it because of all the stories about him eating like hot dogs and cokes. But... I know, <laughs> I know, but people really do underestimate how good of a player he is because yeah. whenever he's out there, like he's lethal with the puck. Like if he's winding up for a shot, like that's gonna be a hard shot. Get out of the way. I find that story kind of funny because I'm a huge Bruins fan, and I remember meeting Tyler Sagan back in the mm-hmm. day. And he obviously he be, he went out on the Bruins because of that Phil Kessel trade. So it's kind of funny to hear how things work out that way. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Now, getting back to your hockey career, before UConn, you played for a team called the Southwest Wildcats in the OWHL. Um, I want to ask, how did you get the opportunity to join that junior hockey team? Yeah, um, obviously, like I mentioned, like Essex just being a small town, it's right here in Windsor or like right close to Windsor. So my thing was I did want to stay local playing hockey because I absolutely love this area. So you know, when kind of like looking around and seeing with who, like seeing the players that I played with in the past, they had went to Southwest. So I decided to, and I, I decided to reach out to Jen Hitchcock, who was the coach there at the time. And I knew her, her past with playing college hockey at UNH. And I knew she, I heard so many good things about her being an amazing coach. So I really decided that I think that that would be a good fit for me. So I reached out and then I went to a tryout and everything kind of just like went up from there. And I ended up signing with the team and that's where I was for the next few years before I went to college. Well, talk about your experience with the Wildcats and how it helped prepare you for college hockey with UConn. Yeah, like I mentioned, Jen Hitchcock was the coach there along with her sister, Jess Hitchcock, and um, Kayla Ranowski. So they were all, they were three people that who had originally played for different universities in UNH and St. Lawrence. So obviously with that, they were really good at guiding me to help with talking to schools and just they knew what it took to get to that next level. So that was really helpful. And it was just amazing. Like the girls on my team, everybody came from like small towns all over the area. So everybody got together and um, we all just wanted to play hockey and just do well. So the environment in that team was just amazing. And and the girls were phenomenal. Like I said, I played with a lot of girls who are now also playing university hockey and Sarah Martian and Kira Judicus. So um, just absolutely phenomenal players. So I think everybody just fed off each other and helped each other improve to because everyone had those same goals of getting to the next level. So it was really nice. And you served as the team captain uh, in the 2021-22 season. Uh, what was it like being a captain of that team? And what type of leadership did you want to bring to the team? Were you more of a vocal leader, lead by example? And how does that leadership skills that you learned in junior hockey help prepare, I guess, help you in your transition into college hockey? Yeah, honestly, being named a captain was obviously such an honor at first. Like, that's that's honestly such a big opportunity. And I'm so thankful that I got to have that chance. And Personally, for me, I'm somebody who likes to kind of like, I'm, I'm a very vocal person. I'm very outgoing. So I would, I like to be vocal in the dressing room, but also lead by example on the ice, because obviously you don't want to say things and not also do them. So I, I really just wanted to make sure that things were always positive, making sure that I encourage and motivate everybody to play their best game, because that's what matters. So just leading by example on the ice, trying to keep such a positive environment in the dressing room and make sure communication between the players and coaches is going well and making sure everything runs smoothly. That's kind of where my mind was at, but also just making sure that it's fun. I feel like so many people forget to have fun when you're in such like a high competitive league. So just making sure that on the ice is fun and off the ice is fun and that everybody's happy. Now, like many players in your class, you had to deal with a lot of challenges due to the pandemic. Uh, You had one season canceled because of COVID. And then the following season, you had to deal with a lot of restrictions, I presume, because of uh, the pandemic. So my question is, how did you handle that adversity? 
And what were some of the things you did during that time period uh, to make sure you're getting better as a hockey player when you weren't always on the ice 24-7? Yeah, it was definitely difficult. I remember it was March break of 2020 when it uh, the season ended up getting canceled from the previous season. And we were just getting ready to go for provincials. And we were at practice and they're like, OK, well, this is our last practice. You got nothing else. And everybody was like flabbergasted, like, what is going on? So obviously the next year being canceled, you're kind of sitting at home not knowing what to do because your life has been hockey for how many years before so personally for me I just tried to focus on doing as much as I could at home I started doing workouts at home on on zoom with teammates or just with my family with my brother or or my parents or something like as much as I could do to make sure that I'm still trying to stay in shape and shooting in the garage or stick handling outside going for rollerblades with my mom like doing the little things that you could when you were enclosed in such a small space and not able to go out and skate like you usually would or go to a gym so really just trying to keep those little things up and doing whatever I could do under the circumstances. And it was just, it was so weird seeing all the rinks closed because that's never happened before. So when we finally got back, you're able to go to the rinks. I remember there was like caution tape all over and lines all over the floor and you had to wear your mask. Then I had to get dressed in the parking lot like I was a Timbit again, which was crazy to me. But once you finally got out on that ice, you also only had like a limited amount of people that you're allowed to be with. So you really just trying to make the most of the time that I finally got on the ice once it came back because it wasn't very like the, the minutes were limited for sure. So just trying to make the most of every situation and do all the little things to help me stay in shape and stay sane because hockey has been my whole life. So a lot of it was just making sure that my mental toughness was there and keeping everything up. Did you like those at home workouts? Did you find found some sort of benefit with them? Cause talking to other players, I heard they sort of like that home workouts a little bit more because it's more body weight based and they thought it helped them get stronger in certain areas when in regards to like trying to keep, keep possession of the puck when a defender is like hounding them in the offensive zone. They said they, they told me they'd sort of help them out in that area of their game. I just want to know if you found sort of any benefit from an at home workout that you wouldn't get sort of at a gym. Yeah, I feel like for me personally, I don't have all the resources that I would when I go to a gym. So obviously there was a lot of variations that I had to make. So for me personally, I ended up doing a lot more like core and body weight exercises and a lot more balance. So I feel like when it came to coming back, I definitely did feel a lot of benefits from having those at-home workouts that I probably wouldn't have got before because there was so much focus on just finding your like center of gravity and, and, and being able to like be strong in that position. So getting back on the ice, it helped when like, oh, you're getting hit off the puck or anything like that. I feel like those little like core exercises and and balance exercises that I would do body weight that I wouldn't normally do as often in a gym really did benefit me, yes. And obviously Ontario was probably one of the last provinces to sort of open up a little bit more. How did you sort of get the rust out of your skates a little bit once restrictions finally started getting lifted towards the end of your senior year? Yeah, um, it was really weird because I all of a sudden I just see rinks opening up in other places and I'm like, okay, I'm waiting for Ontario, like I'm ready to go too. So um, getting on the ice for the first time was the weirdest thing because I remember I'm skating around I go oh my god I can't believe I actually know how to play hockey like it felt so weird but I would say probably after 25 minutes I was already like okay I feel better like I feel like you just got to skate around and get a feel for the puck again on the ice and just kind of get used to the atmosphere and environment again because it's been so long but personally I feel like it probably took just like a week of like regular skating a couple practices and then I was like back in the rhythm of it but it definitely felt really weird. I had to like give my head a shake for a second. I'm like, okay, you remember how to play hockey. You can do this. Yeah. It was really weird. 
I feel like that time made me more, I guess, appreciative of the game just because I didn't realize how the game could just be taken away from you so fast. And I sort of took that for granted a lot before COVID took place. And I feel like now after the pandemic, I feel more, I guess, appreciative of just the little things that I wouldn't have really thought of uh, before the pandemic took place. And that's something that at least I think one of the positive things that I took away from the whole pandemic, because there was a lot of bad things, but that was one of the positive things I think I took away from it. I agree 100%. You really you really take for granted those little moments when you have them, but then when they're taken away, you're like, oh, what do I do? Yeah. So for sure. They're definitely, you really do build another, another, a level of acceptance almost and positivity towards that game because once you don't have it, you're kind of lost. Mm-hmm. I felt bad for you guys in Ontario because I remember British Columbia opened up like like a year at, before Toronto started lifting uh, restrictions. I was like, dang, like, People are starting to like do stuff and you guys are still like having to deal with all that stuff. I felt bad a little bit. Yeah, we were definitely stuck for a while. So it was tough, but you know what? It was just stay positive and mm-hmm. stay focused and <laughs> calm and kind of like collected through everything because we knew that it was coming soon. So just patience. What's the best memory you have from your hockey days with the Wildcats? Um, Honestly, there's a lot to pick from no matter what, but I'd have to say my first year before COVID came along, um, the bus trips, because our team, I don't know if you know where S- or where Windsor is, but we're like, our closest drive was normally to London. So that's two hours. So it's not, we're not really close anywhere. So you're always on the bus. Every weekend you're on the bus. You're either two hours to London, four hours to Toronto, 10 hours to Ottawa. So I just specifically remember our first bus trip ever to Ottawa and we're all on the bus. And you know what? It just it creates another environment where you just are able to get to know everybody. Everybody's so excited. So you get to know people on another level, like outside of hockey. But then when you're actually at the games, it kind of prepared me almost for university because you already had that. You're in the hotel, you have pregame, and then you're on the bus and you're going to the rink. So like, I kind of already had that feel for it. Whereas some people who might've lived in Toronto didn't have that as much. So I was already used to that travel, like a a normal travel day, which is pretty cool. So those definitely have to be my best memories because we definitely had fun on the bus and in the hotels, just, you know, yeah. doing whatever we do. <laughs> Any karaoke things on the bus that I heard a lot of teams do that. Oh yeah. We had like, um, like karaoke where you have the headphones on, you can't hear yourself and you're just like <laughs> screaming away on the mic and it was hilarious. And we had the best driver, best bus driver ever. So we called him Johnny B. So he gave us his mic at one point point. we're like screaming through the mic on the bus and it's <laughs> echoing everywhere. And we're all like, Oh my God, this is crazy. <laughs> but it was so much fun. Like so much good bonding, like so many good memories. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't give them away for the world. Like it was the best. What was like your go-to karaoke song? Mm, I would definitely go something Taylor Swift, like you belong with me or love story. That's good. Just, I just know those word for word. It's just amazing. Yeah, I think my guilty pleasure song would have to be Style by Taylor Swift. I love that song. I, I, I like singing it in the car by myself, but you never mm-hmm. catch me singing it in public <laughs> at all just because we'd be too embarrassed to do it. That's funny. It's such a good song, though. Yeah. And that. also, I guess those bus trips probably made it, once you got to UConn, a little bit easier because UConn has probably the shortest bus trips in all of college hockey. So it's probably like a breeze for you going to like Providence and Holy Cross and stuff yes. like that. It was crazy. Like, I just remember sometimes I'd get on the bus and like, I'm like listening to my music. Like I was always somebody like I would nap for the first bit and then I'd wake up to make sure I have enough time to like listen to my music and like feel loose. So like, I I think we we're on our way to like Holy Cross or something. I go, oh my God, I can't close my eyes. We're only like 30 minutes away. What do I do? So yeah. like, I guess I'll just listen to my music now. Like it was like weird, but yeah. honestly, I'm not complaining. I don't miss the crazy, crazy long bus trips on the way home. 
Mm-hmm. Always for the main one the main one's the most the is, is is a hard one to do yeah it wasn't a lot of people thought it was tough but i was like it's really not too bad <laughs> honestly you can probably sleep for most of it and then you're okay now you also got to participate in the u18 hockey canada national summer showcase which must have been super beneficial for yourself to help prepare you for college hockey since you're going against other d1 commits at that time uh what was that experience like playing against those high-end players uh in hockey canada yeah, I just, I remember receiving the email for the invite to that and I was ecstatic. Like it's everyone's dream to like get to do like things like this for your country. So I was so excited and I got to go to Calgary where I've never been. So I was really excited. It was absolutely beautiful there. So that was the first part. I was like, oh my God, this is so beautiful. I'm so excited. And um, just being in that environment and and having that atmosphere of so many phenomenal players around you and so many phenomenal coaches who have made marks all over history and in university and and national league play it's it's absolutely an honor and it was kind of like surreal at the moment I'm like oh my goodness like these people are like legends and they're just walking around normal like talking to us so it was just it was an incredible experience and I felt like I learned so much from all the coaches, like the practices, the games, playing against such good competition and just being able to like learn different things, specific, specific skills from the coaches and being able to carry that into my future play outside of that camp. But yeah, it was an amazing experience and uh, I'm so, so appreciative that I got to do that. Well, talk about your recruitment process to UConn. What made you want to go there versus other schools you might have looked at? And I was told that the coaching staff found you by you did a camp at UConn in one summer. And that's sort of how they found out about your your sort of your whole hockey profile. So talk about joining that camp and what made UConn the place for you. Yeah, uh, actually, UConn was the first school that I had actually talked to on the phone. So um, when I was younger, I was pretty young at that time. And I had gone to that camp and a few other camps, but like in my head, like I didn't really know what I was doing yet. Like I was still really young. So I was like, oh yay, like I'll go to university camps, but I'm like, what's university? Like I don't even know yet. So um, it was honestly just for like fun and development at that time. But then I started to talk to UConn and a few other schools and I was like, okay, like this is the real deal. I'm like, really got to like buckle down. And then um, from there on, it just kind of took off and um, it, it was, it was an exciting experience to say the least. So obviously there's some stresses that come in there, but um, going through that process and being able to talk to so many schools and learn so many different things not only about those schools but about myself and being able to just keep working on my stuff on the ice to then um, make sure that I'm getting to that level was amazing and then coming to UConn it it was kind of a no-brainer for me in the end Um, I had talked to some pretty amazing schools but I remember stepping on that campus and talking to those coaches and I was like this is the environment and this is the culture that is perfect for me. It reminds me of home. Everybody's such a like close-knit family. And like, that's exactly what I want. And the coaches were so welcoming. And I talked to some players and they, there was a player from uh, around here, Savannah Buzad, who had uh, previously played on UConn. So I talked to her a lot too. And she just expressed how, how much she loved the campus. She loves the education. She loves the coaches, the players. And, and that really just kind of solidified it for me. I'm like, this is where I want to be. So coming from that first phone call when I was so young to finally committing there it was a long process but it was definitely worth it because I absolutely love it yeah and it seems like the culture that is at UConn is awesome like it seems like you guys are really close with one another and it seems like you guys always try to encourage each other and get yourself better throughout every practice and games at least whenever I watch from a fan perspective on in the stands is that sort of is that I'm assuming I'm correct on that assessment yes 100 percent. that's that's our big thing like we want a good culture we want to make sure that we are a family like that comes first before everything like 
hockey is something and education is one thing, but when you have good people around you, good things are going to happen around you. So making sure that we're just like everyone's everyone's a good person, making sure that everybody's happy and everybody has those same goals. It creates such a good culture and such a good family like environment that you never want to leave. Like it's just, it's amazing. So that's, yeah, that's for sure our biggest thing. And I would say that it's perfect there. I love the coaching staff dynamic because it seems like Coach McKenzie is like super nice guy. And it seems like Coach Casey is very, very mean. I know he's not a mean guy. He's always a super all. nice guy, <laughs> but on the bench, he's definitely a very intimidating person. You know what? At first you could look at him and you think he's so intimidating, but absolutely like not at all. Like once you talk to him in person, they're just, they're all such great people. Like I have absolutely nothing bad to say about them and they all know their hockey so well from like coach Wolfie, coach Mack and coach Casey. Like they're so knowledgeable about the game that every time I talk to them, I feel like I'm just learning stuff all the time, which is, it's awesome. Like you just feel like you're there and you're just like taking everything in because you want to get better but no, not intimidating at all. Like <laughs> Probably from first glance, like he's very serious, very competitive as is all of us. So um, it's good to have that, but no, just such amazing people. And you know what? They have the same goals as us. So um, yeah. it works out really, really well. I just remember sitting behind the bench one time and he was just yelling for line changes. I was like, oh my gosh, it like kind of freaked me out a little bit. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. So just very intimidating guy. But what, from what I've heard, he's one of the nicest people um, in hockey. And I definitely got to get him on the podcast at some point. Yeah, he's absolutely amazing. He he knows his stuff, and you know what? He may be yelling, but it's not because he's mad at us. It's because he knows what he's talking about, but he would never do that. So, no, he's just very encouraging, very motivating, and um, one of the nicest guys and so knowledgeable at hockey. I cannot stress that enough. It's incredible. Now, as a freshman, what was like some of the biggest adjustments you had to make uh, to college hockey? Was it the speed of the game, the physicality? or sort of just the time and space that you have since you have much less time and space to create passes and shoot compared to junior hockey. Yeah. I would honestly say it's kind of like a mix of all those things. Like going in, um, obviously the speed of the game was like an adjustment, but I feel like that's something that you can kind of get used to a little bit quicker than the others. But I just remember my first game, like we played an exhibition game against Quinnipiac and it was the strength of the players. I'm like, okay, I really got to like make sure I'm being strong in the puck because people are not going to be soft. Like, there is a lot of physicality. So that was probably the biggest adjustment that I had to make. And then you have the puck, like you got to be making a decision before you get it. So mm -hmm. the time and space and like how much time you actually do have with the puck and time under pressure. So adjusting to that and really knowing how to play in those situations was probably the biggest thing for me. Well, welcome to college hockey moment going against Kendall Cooper in your very first um, collegiate game. Oh, yeah. I was like taking draws and I'm like, oh my God, I know these people from seeing them on like TV and watching them yeah. and all these games. I was like, just focus on yourself. You can do this. Now, what's it like playing in hockey? It's just the competition you face every weekend. I know you say you try to focus on your team, but you're also going against some of the best teams in the country every single weekend. Uh, so just talk a little about just the competition that you face in. Because I think hockey East is a very underrated conference, in my opinion. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I know when I was looking at the different leagues and conferences before I actually committed anywhere, like Hockey East, I was like, okay, that's the league that I want to be in. That league looks good because every team has is so amazing that no matter what game is happening, anybody can win. Like everybody is so close in talent and everything that it's it's always going to be a competition. It's always going to be a grind. You never know what's going to happen. So I feel like that makes that makes it so much more fun because every game you're walking in there and you got to put your best foot forward or else. You never know what's going to happen. Like it, it just makes it so much more fun. So having that, I feel like it's amazing. And like playing against some of like the best players in the world and in, in the leagues, it's, it's honestly amazing. It's such an honor. And 
being able to just compete with them, it's so exciting and it makes you want to improve yourself, which, you know what, just improves everybody around you too. So I absolutely love the competition. And UConn was ranked in the top 15 of the USHO polls throughout most of the regular season. So I want to ask, how did your team sort of maintain that consistency throughout the regular season? And how do you guys handle any pressure uh, that your team faces being one of the top ranked teams in the country? Because obviously when you have that ranking, there's definitely a target on your team's back, whether you sort of want to admit it or not. Yeah, for sure. Honestly, I think that that having that bit of a target kind of like helped us out a bit. Like it, it made us want it even more. Like it's, it's that fight to just keep moving up the rankings. Like you're hungry to keep getting better and having teams come after you and be like, okay, like they're ranked. We want to beat them. It's like, no, like this is our spot. Like you're holding your ground and you're just going to keep pushing. But like I mentioned before, like when it comes to like the pressure of being in the rankings, I feel like we knew we were there, but we wanted to focus on ourselves because we knew that no matter what we do, we have to put our best foot forward or, or you never know what's going to happen. So making sure that we focused on ourselves, we pushed each other. We were always competitive in any game that we played and that we just played our best hockey was really the most important. So I feel like the pressure from the polls was not as big as the pressure that we put on ourselves. Yeah. And obviously the big story of your team this past season was the new rink being opened. I love Freitas, a uh, great character rink, but it was yeah. definitely time for a new home. I'm glad you got to play a few games there though. Me too. I feel like it was definitely nice. Games. I feel bad for the freshmen coming in that they don't have that Freitas experience because you need yeah. to have one game at the character rink, as I like to call it. I agree. But, but Talk about the new rink and what it's like playing there now. And obviously you scored the very first goal at the Toscano family ice farm. So for any bar trivia out there, your name will always be on. <laughs> but talk about that goal and uh, what it's like playing at the new rink. Cause it's a pretty awesome facility and I love going there. Yeah. First of all, like having that rink on campus is such a crazy opportunity. It is absolutely beautiful. Probably one of the nicest rinks that I've ever been in my life. And I'm not just saying that because it's our rink, but because it's the truth, like, we're so we're so fortunate to have everything that we have like the the facility and everything um when it comes to like training rooms dressing rooms like it's all top of the like top notch like top of the line so we're so incredibly thankful for that like huge shout out to all the volunteers who like made that happen and and especially like Toscano Dan Toscano's family like they were there opening weekend like his son sang the national anthem for us so like really we do feel we're so thankful for him and everything that they've done for to make this like a reality for us because it's it's it honestly makes me speechless so huge shout out to all of them like it's amazing so thankful um but being able to play in that rink the atmosphere that it brings on campus like having all the fans uh everybody coming in from like students and stuff like it creates such an amazing atmosphere and like noise is echoing through the rink so like it's just it's amazing um, and then obviously, yeah, scoring the first goal, like no matter who scored it, we all were going to be ecstatic. Like no matter what happened, we were, we just knew that we were getting that first goal. Like that's all we were focused on. So, um, having it be a power play goal, it was so exciting. Like Claire shot the puck and like we tipped it in, but I tipped it in, but, um, we were just excited that we got the first goal and we're like, we're waiting for that puck to go up that UConn got the first goal in the rink. Like it wasn't any other team. So um, as a, as a group and as a campus and a community and for everybody, like that was just a huge moment. So, so thankful for to have that opportunity and so grateful for everybody that allowed it to happen. Is the puck going to be like enshrined somewhere in the rink as the first goal? I feel like, I don't know if it like got kept or not. Yeah, we did grab the puck. I'm not sure if they know what we're going to do with it yet, but I'm thinking it's going to end up going in a box on display somewhere with like mm -hmm. past 
past accomplishments somewhere. I'm not completely sure yet, but I think they're planning on doing something with it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that'd be cool to see that. And hopefully a little space for a future hockey's championship trophy in the next few years. That'll be pretty. I agree hundred <laughs> percent. I heard that you predicted that you were going to score the first goal. I don't know if that's a true story or not. <laughs> you know what? Everybody was kind of just joking around and someone goes like, Oh my God, like soupy, like you're going to get it. You're going to get it. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know, maybe like whatever happens happens, but it was just kind of like a funny thing. Like, just a fluke but you know what nobody for sure everybody just wanted a goal nobody cared who got it but (laughs) people were just saying that so I thought that was pretty funny that's pretty awesome and I remember um I think you I think the atmosphere at the rink is sort of what stands out to me because I've been to other hockey east rinks and I honestly feel like you guys have the best atmosphere in all the rinks in hockey east and that must be such a huge advantage to just have that fan support but also sort of for a visiting team coming in, it's really hard to play in that tough of an environment, that hostile environment. So you must really enjoy to sort of play in that rink. And and also when you see other rinks in hockey, it's sort of like, wow, like shows you how much of a big fan base that we have. Yeah, for sure. Like I talked about how like great our culture is and our team and stuff, but that doesn't even go for only our team. Like our whole campus, like everybody, it's such a great community. So having all those people like come in and like knowing that they support UConn athletics and having them come to games, like it's just so loud and like noise is echoing. So as a visiting team, I know I for sure wouldn't want to go in there because like that's definitely a bit intimidating no matter where you go. So um, again, like just so grateful for that. And it, the rink is just, it's its so phenomenal. And I'm excited for us to like create more memories in it next year and years to come and um, really just make the most out of all of it. Yeah. I like the, when the alumni showed up uh, for that first weekend and then I think, I don't know who scored that goal in front of them in the student section, but them going crazy. They definitely had a fun time that weekend based on what I was watching on the jumbotron and stuff. So what's it like seeing that as well? Oh my God. That was, that was the best thing ever. Like, first of all, for me being a freshman, I got to meet some of the alumni alumni who have like built up the name of UConn and like have, have helped us get to where we are. So it was it was great to be able to meet the people who like made this possible because it's not only a ring for us like it's a ring for them like they were the, they were how we got here so being able to say thank you to them not only for this but I'm so happy that they're able to be there to enjoy this moment with us and like um that picture of everybody jumping into the side yeah. and um <laughs> they're like celebrating on the glass like it was just oh it was it was electric out there like <laughs> everybody was just going crazy so it was just it was so so nice to have them there and have them like see what they helped create for us. So um, I'm so thankful that they're all able to make the trip and to meet some of the legends of like UConn women's hockey, which was really cool. I think that was Thurman's breakaway goal against Vermont, that photo, if I'm not mistaken, if I think that's where it came from. I think it might've been, that might be it. Yeah. I don't know. And then one more question about the new rink is I love the goal song. C.S. Levy, I think is the name. How did that come about? Pardon? How did that song come about? When how did you guys pick that goal song? Because that was the first time I heard it, at least this season. Mm-hmm. We just wanted to have something that was like kind of like different. Like most people just have like a huge goal horn and like I don't know. You hear your typical songs, but like we wanted something a little bit different to go and like it's like a like a half French song mix and like we have a lot of French people on our team, so like it was kind mm-hmm. of cool to have that. But we just thought it was like it was different, so like we're like okay, like it's kind of hype, like it's different, like let's get it out there. We love it, and everybody like. I know we had like UConn women's lacrosse and like other teams are like, Oh my God, we love your goal song. We wish it was our goal song. We're like, it's ours. We chose it. (laughs) But no, we just wanted something a little bit different and now we love it. So it's perfect. So one goal I do want to talk to you about is the one that you scored against Merrimack um, earlier this season, because 
that was my favorite goal that you scored this entire season for a lot of reasons. One, because that goal tied up that game and helped your team win that game in a shootout against a really tough Merrimack team that really played you guys hard. But the best part about it was the photo that was taken after uh, with Cameron Wong hugging you and with the biggest smile on her face and then with the Merrimack defender on her skates. So I have to ask you when you your reaction when you saw that photo, but just talk about that goal and how cool was it to sort of get that big goal uh, to tie up that game and help your team win that game and get that extra hockey use point. Yeah, I I just remember that game was just a very, very hard fought game by both teams. Um, and it was it was just leaking down to the last few minutes. I think we we're around like four or five minutes left and we we're like, OK, like we've been pushing all game like this is our game. Like we're right there. And like Corinne had scored that one goal to get us like right there, even closer. So we're like, OK, like this is our game. Everybody was like pushing for each other, like get out there. We're, we're doing this. That was the mindset on the bench. And the coaches were like, we can do this. We know this is our game. So. I just I remember the play so precisely, like Megan Woodworth came around, like made a phenomenal play to get the puck from the D, gave it right up to Megan Duchesne. And you know what? She fired it on the net and I'm coming in. I'm like, I was, I was getting tired. I was going to get ready to go for a change soon, but I was like, oh my God, it's on net. So I just remembered, I just squeezed through and the puck was right there for the rebound. And I just backhanded it and just, just enough for it to get in. And <laughs> I remember turning around and the Merrimack girl kind of had like a little bit of a grip on my stick. And I was like, <laughs> I'm like the puck in the net. I'm just trying to celebrate. So then I end up trying to pull it, but but then like she went down and my stick went down too. And then I look over and Cam's coming at me to celebrate. And I was like, <laughs> ah! so I just threw my hands up in the air and like she's like screaming and I'm screaming and everyone's going crazy. Um, and like we just everyone was just hugging and it was just it was such an exciting moment um, for our whole team because like that just really showed that was the beginning of us showing like we can fight back from things. Like we are determined. This is our team. This is who we are. And like. It was, it was really, really just, it was awesome. Like it was so exciting. And that picture is so hilarious. I absolutely love it. Is that your favorite hockey photo of yourself? One of them for sure. I think I have it as a background of something on my phone. Nice. Um, just, I think Cam's face is hilarious. It was the best. It was so awesome. Cameron seems like the hype woman of the team, if I'm not mistaken, just from an outsider's perspective. Yeah. You know what? There, we have a lot of people who are very, very like hype on our team, but Cam definitely always has the most energy. And it's mm -hmm. a, it's awesome. So for sure, I would say she's our heart girl. I'm super excited to have, see her play one more year with UConn. Mm -hmm. I am too. I, I'm so excited. Hearing everybody that's coming back, like, just makes you that much more excited. And like, I'm already ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's already, it's only May and I'm excited for uh, the season to start in a few months. So it should be exciting. But I do want to enjoy summer because I don't want to get burnt out too quickly. For sure. Me too. But you know what? You always have that excitement. You always just want to keep yeah. going. So <laughs> now. Uh, I thought your team was one of the, I thought you were one of the best freshmen in hockey East last year. Obviously that's my opinion. I'm not just saying that because you're on the podcast. I really do believe that <laughs> Thank you. And you have such a great shot and a great awareness on the ice that allows you to make good plays. So I want to talk about just the improvements that you made from your first game, your freshman year to the last game of the season. Cause we obviously talked about the adjustments that you made, but what do you think was like the biggest improvement you made to your game this season? Yeah, you know what? I feel like going in as a freshman, like you always have the mindset, like you're just going to go in there and like you're going to do your best. You're going to find your place and like just try and keep improving your game as much as you can to like find your spot on the team and help out as much as you can. So I feel like going in, like my biggest thing after those first few games was improving my strength and um, like the time under pressure when you have the puck. So the coaches did help me out a lot with that, like including our, our office coach, Joel DeMarco who's absolutely phenomenal in the gym. So he really did help me get my strength up a lot. Um, and then my coach is just helping me 
helping me with making those like little plays under like time under tension. So just doing drills and practices where like you just always have someone coming on. You just have to make a decision before you get the puck. So they're amazing with helping with um, trying to get that to the next level. And then all the little things just started to come together. But um, obviously it's something that I can keep improving and that I'm going to be trying to keep improving because it's something that can always be just like getting better. So that's definitely another thing I'm focusing on the summer strength and um, making decisions under pressure. But those are for sure the things that I focused on um, this year to improve my game. Yeah, and I feel like it's definitely going to be super vital to improve that because, you know, teams are going to be on you a little bit more next year because they sort of know what it's like, what you're like as a player based on experience. Mm -hmm. So just sort of improving that, like when they make their adjustments, you can adjust on them and you could sort of just get better based on that. Yeah, 100% I agree. Now, unfortunately, your team had a really tough February. You guys lost to Northeastern, Holy Cross, and then eventually Boston College ended your season in overtime in the hockey's quarterfinals. Uh, What did you learn from your first playoff experience? and your team's performance this past season that you think is going to help you out for your sophomore year? Yeah, for sure. It was definitely tough um, losing that early on in the in the playoffs because we definitely do think that we could have made a run for it. But you know what? Like everything happens for a reason and you can't go back in time. And I do definitely think that we gave a good fight, like especially being in playoffs, like it's different feeling like playoff hockey is very different than regular season hockey almost any player will admit that because everybody has that extra, like that extra gear and like that extra push because you really want to get it. So I feel like Boston college, an amazing opponent. Um, Obviously we'd beat them in the past and like, we knew we could do it again and um, coming out, they had gotten the lead on us, but I feel like showing our team showing that we could battle back like goal after goal, like we were going one for one with them. And I feel like that showed a lot of heart and a lot of push. So that was definitely good for our team. And like, that was a good lesson to learn because that's something that shows a lot of determination within our team and shows that we have that grit and we have that want for it. And you know what, things don't always go your way. Bounces don't always go your way. So it was unfortunate that we had to lose in overtime, but I think that it was really good learning experience, especially because our team's young. So we're going to take that, that loss and we're not going to let it happen again next year because now we know how that felt. We know how crappy we felt in that dressing room and we don't want to feel like that again. So it's going to give us that extra edge next year. Yeah, I feel like you learn more from your losses than you do from your wins sometimes. 100%, yes, 100%. Now, we talked about the goals and expectations for your team next year, so I'll just ask, what was your favorite moment from your freshman year? Favorite moment from my freshman year would have to be definitely just, like, the whole weekend opening the Dan Toscano. Like, there's a few different things going on. Like, we had some, like, we had banquets where we were able to thank all the donors. We were able to meet some of the people that made it happen, and we heard some speeches from Dan Toscano and a few other people, so having that opportunity to be there with so many great people around who, who believe in us as a team and as a, as a, as a college and university, uh, UConn athletics, and then just having the games. Um, we brought in so many fans and there are so many people there to support us. Most of all of our families were there as well, which is, doesn't happen as often because everybody made sure they had that time off and then having the alumni there and then winning those two games that weekend yeah. um, was absolutely amazing. So that was definitely my favorite part this year especially against Vermont, who was ranked at the time too. So that was a yeah, big win. For sure, because they had beaten us previously in the year. So we're like, this is payback. This mm-hmm. is the opening weekend. We're not losing. Like, this is it. Let's go. That's awesome. That's, That's awesome. That was probably my favorite moment from the year as well. Um, I really enjoyed mm-hmm. both those games. Uh, and yeah, I also think Dan Toscano's son, his name's Max, really yes. great singer. I think he needs to be the main uh, national anthem guy for the team. Oh my God. We literally, we always text him. We're like, at the end, when it's, once it got towards <laughs> the end of the year, we're like, Hey, we think you're a good luck charm. Can you come sing for <laughs> us? Like your voice is so good. We want to hear it again. So 
I know we're definitely going to be asking him to come out next year. So fingers crossed that he can, because yeah. he's amazing. At least for the first game of the year to set the tone. Mm-hmm, for sure. I agree. Hopefully we can make that happen. Well, let's get back to the segment I like to call the non-hockey segment. We'll ask you some non-hockey questions, just to get to know you a little bit more off the ice. Cool. Uh, first one is, uh, what music do you like to listen to? Um, I'm somebody who kind of likes to listen to like, kind of like 2000 songs. Like I'm a big yeah. Taylor Swift fan. So I definitely like to listen to her. Um, I also really like country music. I know some people don't like country music, but I love it. And then before games, it's like a mix of kind of everything. Like I got some rap, some rock, just like, that's kind of a different phase, but more country kind of like pop music normally. Yeah. I'm a bit of a mix of everything. I have a genre for every style, genre of music, playlist for every genre of music. So um, whatever mood I'm in, I just go to that playlist, but I do like pop definitely guilty pleasure of mine. And then country, I sort of got gotten into it the last few years, just because I worked for a baseball team. There oh, yeah. were a lot of them for, from the South and West coast and country mm-hmm. music's huge up there. So that's sort of how I got into it. And now I, I definitely, there's certain country artists that I like to listen to like Morgan Wallen and Thomas Rhett. So shout out to those guys. Yes. Love Morgan Wallen, Luke Combs. Some of my favorites, Luke Bryan. Mm-hmm. They're so good, but yeah, country music's definitely huge down here. So I kind of grew up with it. So obviously yeah. I love it. Yeah. And are, are you going to see Taylor Swift in concert? I don't know if she's coming up to Canada or not. Um, I don't know. She'll probably, I think she's probably coming up here eventually. She'll release international dates, but I don't know. I might be too busy. It's very mm-hmm. expensive as well. So I'll just watch the highlights online. Not too yeah. bad. Yeah. You know, it's going to happen when, when you're in the middle of the season. That's, that's, that's definitely going to happen. <laughs> probably. And I'm just like, you know what? It is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I'll watch the live streams that people have online. Now, what is your guilty pleasure TV show? Guilty Pleasure TV show, Grey's Anatomy, for mm-hmm. sure. I've watched that show probably like too many times. <laughs> so that's the one. I don't really watch too much TV, but I don't know if Outer Banks would be considered a Guilty Pleasure show, but I do like watching that. That's one of the few shows I do watch. So mm-hmm. I'll probably say that, but I don't even know if that would be considered Guilty Pleasure or not. That's fair though. That's a good show. Actually. It is very good. I'm finishing up uh, season three right now. No. I need to, I need to keep chipping away at that. I'm not good. I'm not a good binge watcher. <laughs> That's funny. Now, what is your most embarrassing hockey moment? Oh, I know everyone's always got a few. Um, mine's probably got to be, I played boys hockey when I was younger. So I was probably about 12 years old, somewhere around there. And I was the only girl on my boys team. So like, they're always super protective over me when it came to games and stuff. But um, I just remember we were in the OMHA semifinals against Welland. And they were really good. So it was like a big thing. And like, it was the last few minutes of the game and we were on a penalty kill. And like, I had the puck down low and I was just trying to keep it away. And then all of a sudden someone just comes in and lays me out. <laughs> and I was like, so I'm on the ground, like knocked out. Oh, and wow. there's a, of course there's a video of it. So uh, like all the bad. guys were kind of like around there, like getting them off. And like, I, I get like taken off the ice. And all I know is like, I'm sitting in the dressing room, like my head's pounding and I'm like, oh my God. But we won, but they all come in. Brooke, you got wrecked. <laughs> Thank you. So my name for the rest of that year was hashtag wrecked. Because that's all <laughs> the guys would call me. And we had a video session that next day before our next game. The first clip that was on there, me getting hit. Yeah. And then they all thought it was so funny. So I was so embarrassed. But I was like, Ugh, we won. I'll just take it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that's tough, but at least you won. And I think now it's a funny story because I don't think you were too seriously hurt from that. Hopefully not. No, no, no. I was okay. I was just really shaken up. Yeah. Uh, like a bit of whiplash maybe, but I was okay. Oh, my God. Like still to this day, like I'll see some of the guys and 
Remember when you got hit in Welland? Yes, thank you. <laughs> I remember it. Don't remind me. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. That's awesome. Did you ever get back at not the player, but just like in general? Did you ever have any bit, big hits yourself? It could be even when you play girls hockey. Um, I don't know. I'm not like a crazy like hitter. Like I'm more just like aggressive in the corners, I guess. I've never yeah. had like a really big hit. It's not really a focus of mine, but I don't know. I feel like we got back at them by winning Ome Chase. So yeah. that was good enough for me. That's good. That's good. Well, you are a very competitive player because I remember against Northeastern, I forgot what the happened was, but I think one of their defenders did something to one of your teammates and you stood up and that was a great moment. And I heard the chirping that was going back and forth between you. I definitely am a good leader, which I can't repeat on the podcast, but I was like, I have a lot of respect for Brooke because she stood up for one of her teammates against a really good Northeastern player. So yeah. that, that, that moment, I already had a lot of respect for you then, but when I saw that, I was like, I Brooke Campbell's one of my favorite players on the team now. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm like, I'll always stand up for my teammates, but I'm never going to like try and like intentionally hurt anybody or do anything like that. Like there's no need for that, but aggression is like something else. Like you're good to be aggressive in games and like stand up for your teammates. Like don't take anyone. Don't That's take a sharp battle. I, I think the women's game needs that sometimes. Exactly. Like <laughs> it's just good competitiveness. <laughs> uh, uh, but getting back to the hockey segment now, uh, what would the perfect day look like for you? Uh, my perfect day would probably be like just like being able to sleep in a little bit getting breakfast with like my friends or my family just like kind of like chill um going getting on the ice for a couple hours and probably just like I just love doing like three on three scrimmages so like maybe having like a little three v three tourney with some of my friends um just for fun like and then just like going out for dinner after and then watching a movie and just like relaxing at night I just like I really like the chill vibe but like obviously yeah. still getting hockey in there because the best <laughs> I think for me, it would probably be if it was winter time, probably going to a hockey game and mm -hmm. having fun with my friends and then having dinner afterwards. And if it was mm -hmm. the summer, going to a baseball game and having dinner and having fun with my friends afterwards. So yeah. that would probably be my perfect day. Yeah, for sure. In the winter, going out and playing like um, pond hockey outside, one of my favorite things ever. And then you get like hot chocolate from Tim Hortons after. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. I never really got to play pond hockey. The, the Ponds wouldn't really freeze up that much up here in uh, New England, but I did play street hockey a lot growing up. And mm -hmm. some of my best memories were me and my best friend, who was also my neighbor, Ben, we would play street hockey for like hours every day after school and then on the weekends. And I honestly feel like I got became such a better player from just those street hockey battles, even mm -hmm. though he would put me in the goalie pads all the time. <laughs> yeah, no, those are the best moments. Like when I was younger, my neighbor, Owen Polk, he was on my uh, boys team for a while and like, Every once in a while, it's like we're playing like hockey in the driveway and then one other guy shows up and then another one. And then eventually we're in the road with two nets and we got like our whole team out there just playing roller hockey and street hockey. And all you hear is car and you're like moving the nets. <laughs> oh, those are the best memories. Yeah. Uh, we used to have this game where we would pretend to be NHL players. So I was David <laughs> from the Bruins and he was Mike Richards from the Flyers. And that would have like a scenario of like going to the game warming up playing each other it was just like that's like a game that we used to play all the time and that always makes me laugh uh thinking about it now oh those are so fun though like those are the best memories for sure now let's talk about some of your teammates first one is uh who's the funniest on the team funniest on the team riley grimley or cameron wall who has the best style on the team besides yourself i saw some of the pregame fits that you guys showed up with and i thought you had some good outfits so i'll give you a <laughs> shout out for that thank you um, I'd probably say Kat Stockdale or Cam Wong again. Yeah. Her Kat Stockdale and Jada Habish seem like they're like a good duo with the pregame outfits. I feel like they have to be together constantly. Oh, yeah. to 
yeah no they lived together this year so like they're always walking together and like their outfits were always on point and, like <laughs> where they're walking through i'm like yes that's so good like just getting so hyped i love it now now for the senior year they have to always be together when they show up for the rank like that's a requirement i agree I, i'm gonna tell them that just gotta walk in together for the pictures now speaking of uconn teams if you could play for on another uconn sports team which one would it be I would probably say either softball because my roommate from this year played softball. Um, and I think that would be pretty cool to play with her or volleyball. I've always liked playing volleyball. I grew up playing just like volleyball for fun with my brother. So I think it'd be cool to play volleyball. I'm just not tall enough. <laughs> yeah. I went to a softball game last year, very underrated sport. I really have been enjoying watching it. And I watched the uh, game against uh, Villanova. Yes. A couple of days ago, that was pretty mm-hmm. tough. Um, yeah. But I will say shout out to the UConn softball team because I'm starting to get into softball a little bit this year just by watching them play. Yeah, no, my roommate was Savannah Ring. She's a freshman on softball too. So um, amazing person. And she is freaking phenomenal at softball. So I kind of got into it more like watching her play. And then now I'm like, I'm like one of their biggest fans now. I'm like watching the games. I'm like, oh, like sitting in my couch. I'm like all nervous and like going to the games when I could at school. So like, it was awesome. Like I absolutely loved watching it. Such like a like such a hype environment. Like they're always like, like the cheers yelling and screaming bench. and chanting. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess the team I would pick, since I don't play hockey, UConn men's hockey, that'll be such a fun team to play for. So yeah. I, I can say that since I'm not at any team. That's fair. <laughs> what is what is the most interesting thing you've read or seen this week? Um, most interesting would probably be it's sad, but like the headlines of like the Leafs losing. Yeah, I saw that. That's coming definitely the most interesting. Very sad, but interesting. Yeah, well, I'm interested to see what they do this off season if they keep Dubas around and if they're going to change up the core four at all. I think they should keep Dubas around. That's sort of my. I've sort of been thinking about that because I think he's done a good job uh, setting mm-hmm. up that team for success. I think it's on the players, honestly, that they haven't had a lot of postseason success. I just think we're cursed. Like, there's something. I don't know. I'm like me and my dad and the rest of my family, like such huge fans, like diehard fans. Mm-hmm. So definitely hurt a little bit when we lost that game, but I, was, I don't like the Florida Panthers so. too. Cause they, uh, they knocked out the Bruins in the first round and that was pretty heartbreaking. It was sort of revenge for what we did to the Leafs uh, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that moment was very sad for me as a Leafs fan, but <laughs> I'm yeah. kind of over it now, but yeah. now I'm cheering for Edmonton. I want a Canadian team to win for sure. Oh, I'm cheering for uh, Vegas because I want to see former Bruce Cast, former Bruins coach Cassidy to win. And I think if Hurricanes uh, Vegas Golden Knights final would be super fun. I think it would be good yeah. for the growth of hockey and like down south. Yeah, I agree. I think Seattle, I think that it would be cool to see them win too, especially because they're such a new franchise. So, yeah, you know, I'm kind of like, I wouldn't, with all the teams that are left in it, like, I'm not like, I want one. I just don't want Florida to win after they beat the Bruins. That's the team I'm sort of rooting against right now. Me too. <laughs> We're on the same page there. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Now, last non-hockey question is, uh, if you could have lunch with anyone in the world, who would it be and why? I would probably have to say, I kind of take it to hockey, but I would say Austin Matthews. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's just such an amazing hockey player. Like I could just like learn a lot from him just by like eating lunch with him. And like, I feel like it'd just be really cool to like get to know him and like how his life is with like playing for the Leafs and like, just like little things like that. So I'd probably say Austin Matthews for sure. Yeah, I think for me, that's tough. I'll do a hockey player as well. Probably Ovechkin, because I think that guy is very interesting, both on and off the ice. So I'd love to hear uh, just how he like how he's been so successful for like 10 years. Agreed. He's amazing. 
Now, getting back to some hockey questions now, uh, for all the younger people listening to this podcast, what advice would you give them on what it takes to make it to the college hockey level where you are today? Yeah, honestly, my biggest thing is just making sure that you put in the work. Um, it's It does take a lot of work to, to get to where you want to be, like at the college level, um, but just shooting pucks when you can, like putting in the extra work, like extra workouts, extra stick handling. And you know what, when you're on the ice for every practice, like you're giving it 110%, like or, or however much you have to give that day, you give that much. And every game, you just be com- as competitive as you can. But I feel like one of the biggest things is just making sure that you're having fun. Everybody kind of like overlooks that and gets like really stressed out in the moment and like, oh my God, like university, like it's so stressful. Like I have to get there. I have to do this, 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 this. But you kind of like forget like why you play hockey. Like you're playing hockey because you love the game. So making sure like you have that good balance between like how professional it is and like how fun it can be because it's it's very important to keep that equilibrium and then you know what just just do your thing have fun yeah. you're gonna get there if you keep working what should be done to help grow women's hockey from your perspective because i think uconn does a good job promoting your team at least mm-hmm. for, compared to other schools from what i've noticed yeah i think so too i think that the game is is slowly getting to where obviously we all want it to be um and just when it comes to like promoting the game just for us personally, we're always just trying to like get out and like get into the community as much as we can, encourage younger girls and and you know what, just just put on like like show people what it's like to play like women's hockey and university hockey um, and just try and encourage as many girls to play more hockey as possible. And I honestly do that women's do think that women's hockey is going to get to um, where we want it to be, like having like a professional women's league that's um getting as much like recognition and stuff as men's team so I think that with the way that we're going it's getting better but you know I just keep encouraging young girls and just showing them how fun it is to play a sport now before we get to the shouts I normally don't do this but we are recording this on Mother's Day so I just wanted to give you the opportunity to if you had any message for your mom on Mother's Day and what she meant <laughs> to your career yes my mom has done so much for me it's it's honestly unbelievable. Like she's been my number one supporter supporter from day one. Like she wanted me in ballet shoes, but you know what? When she saw me in the hockey skates, she knew that that was like, that's where I need to be. So ever since then, like she's, she's been at every game. She's been at every practice. She has endured the cold and everything going on, the travel days and the tears and the excitement. So just like huge, huge, huge thank you to her. And I love her so, so much. And like, so thankful for her, everything that she's done for me getting me to practice and everything and a shout out to my grandma because you know what my both my grandparents but specifically my grandma for mother's day um they've been huge supporters for me as well like always being at the games no matter what they have going on in their life so i love them all so much that's a great message and do you have any other shout outs you want to give to any of other family members uh teammates friends and uh who should we have on the podcast next uh, from yukon yeah shout out to my dad um again probably my biggest supporter like so knowledgeable about hockey and he's really helped me become the player that I am he's so important in my life and I love him so much and I can't say thank you enough to him for everything that he's done um my grandpa as well because again number one supporter and then my brother because you know what he's pushed me along the way and um being just competitive with him since I was a little girl he's really helped me gain my competitive side and like you know get to where I am so thank you to all of my family 100% um, and then for the podcast next, I would say Corinne Tormala, our captain from last year. Um, and I just think she's such an amazing person. She's an absolutely phenomenal player as she shoot, showed this year and past years. Um, and she has so much knowledge about the game and like a lot of, she's been at UConn now for four years going on five. So she has a lot of experience there. So 
I think she'd be a great person to have on the podcast. Yeah, we have we have to get the captain on, obviously. So mm-hmm. yeah, we'll definitely reach out to her and see if uh, she's interested. But yeah. I just want to say thank you so much, Brooke, for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate your time. It means so much to myself. And I wish you and your team nothing but the best uh, for next season. And have a great off season. I look forward to watching your team play again in person uh, sometime in late September, early October, because love going to the games and it's a lot of fun sharing for you guys. And I think you guys have something good building um, in stores. Yes. Thank you so much. It's been awesome speaking with you and hope you have a great rest of your day and happy Mother's Day and go Huskies. <laughs> One step forward and another back I will never try to fool ya I'm one heartbeat away from going mad Girl, when you're looking like that Closer, closer I'ma get closer to you, yeah Got me, baby Got me hooked on you once again